You're listening to the best of Morning Drive with Dietrich and White, an on-demand audio presentation of redpeachsports.com and ESPN977.com. Now here's today's show. Good morning, Northeast Louisiana. I am Jake Martin, joined by the legend himself, Puff Daddy. Or maybe a legend in my own mind, but uh, not a legend at all. And actually, that was a pretty good good morning. It wasn't like bad. Well, I've been not working on it. Yeah. I, it's not as good as Aaron's. I've been working on it a little well, bit. Well, no one can do it as good as Aaron. But that was a caffeine-free good morning, too. Well, so. I've got the coffee. Aaron do was you? the one without the coffee. So, well, see, Which, by the way, um, probably because Aaron's getting older, and I, I uh, was warming up a little bit in the bullpen when I heard you guys uh, talking about the hire at Ole Miss, and I'm, I'm in accordance with you. I think that's a great hire for the uh, Rebels if they do indeed go with Kermit Davis. But – uh, you had you had to throw it in, and I've noticed this is this is this is a, a track. This is a I'm seeing a little bit of track record here, Jake. You're talking, you're, you're ripping on old people, and uh, say that Thad Mata. Uh, now, now, granted, I am in, indeed AARP eligible uh, and beyond. It's not no no no. Okay. I got I got I got to straighten you up here. Okay. I I don't have anything against old people. I just like to make fun of Aaron's age. It's just something I like to do because he, you know, Aaron, Aaron's Aaron's a cool guy, but he tries to act a little too cool sometimes. I try to put him in his place. Try to remind him that he that he is old. Are we trying to say that maybe he doesn't uh, dress his age and, and maybe the guy <laughs> Fietti haircut and, and this? But Aaron's not even fifty yet, is he? No, he's not fifty yet. He's see, not. He's uh, not as old as I make him out to be. Yeah, but see, here's the thing: Aaron can bench press both you and me together. That's at one true. Time. That's yes, true. he is. He's an excellent shape. No, but Aaron is. Uh, I, I don't know. I think he. Uh, I think he does everything pretty appropriately for the most part. He's been doing it well for 15, 20 years at KNOE. So uh, I know I love being on the air with him, too. So but anyway, the old people are, are back. Uh, it's not going to be Thad Mata. He probably won't, because he's so old, he probably won't get the job <laughs> in Georgia. But anyway, we'll see how those two shake I like out, Thad, right? I like Thad Mata. He did a great job yeah. at Ohio State. I just, uh, I don't know, man. You just see, and actually, I, I'm thinking of a, a different coach right now that's kind of proving my theory wrong with rick barnes at tennessee you saw what yeah. he did at tennessee so maybe i'm wrong in that but i was just thinking about some of the younger coaches that are accepting jobs right. at different places and having big impacts early and they're coming from you know places like middle tennessee so I, that's just why i kind of look at that and think it's a success but hey rick barnes turned out pretty dang well for tennessee so it is it pretty much is a, a young man's game and uh yeah, because of the effort on recruiting and so forth and uh You've seen some guys emerge from places like you guys were talking about Florida Gulf Coast. And oh yeah, I, I think that's a. But the beauty of Kermit Davis is obviously you know the the background there in Mississippi and the SEC ties with. Uh, so I think um, I didn't know if he was in the conversation. I hate that for Middle Tennessee because he built uh, a great uh, product up there, and I oh, know the pub in Murfreesboro. But some some young upcoming <laughs> coach will probably take that on and uh and us old guys but i think uh who knows maybe thad Motti ends up at middle tennessee for that matter but we got a lot going on in we this do so we? i i've been waiting all week to do this i've been wanting to go through the bracket i don't know about you first of all are you a fan of march madness i, I can't imagine you wouldn't be uh, i really am um from the standpoint that i'm uh, as you know by my stature i, I like the little guy, and I like the upsets. And uh, you always have those storylines. This—that's what I love about March Madness. Is mm-hmm. no matter what the year is, you always have a team that you didn't foresee going mm-hmm. far in the tournament. And that's why, whenever people are starting to fill out their brackets, they're trying to find that team. Who's going to be that team? Because 
you know, you can't have all number one seeds going to the Final Four. We know that just does not happen. Right. It doesn't happen. And so who's going to be the team that upsets the number one seed? Who's the weakest number one? Who has the toughest bracket? So I, you know, I like college basketball a lot. I, I keep up with it pretty well. Mm-hmm. I'd say I'd say better than most just because I think college basketball is the hardest sport to keep up with year in, year out because there's so many new players, so many one-and-dones, mm-hmm. and you have to, you know, just start all over every year it seems. Right. And so I, I enjoy it. I, I follow it during the regular season. But I know for most people, they, they – you know, halfway tune in, and then when it gets to March Madness, they're all in because March Madness is exciting. So with with that, I wanted to kind of go through, share a little bit of the knowledge I have on the teams that I watched this year, but also for, for a lot of teams that I didn't see, I, I looked up a lot of stuff on them and uh, kind of go through this bracket and give you some predictions. Okay. And so with that said, I want to start with um, the South bracket because this is the – I would say hardest to predict for me mm-hmm. because you have Virginia, number one overall seed, Virginia. They are as good as advertised. You know, they are uh, not the most compelling, not the most entertaining team to watch. You know, they play defense. They are the best defensive team in the country. Right. And they like to slow it down. And, uh, you know, it's it's worked for them. They just won the ACC tournament. They just beat a North Carolina team that I thought was really coming on strong at the end. And, you know, this is what Virginia does. They just slow the game down and they and, and they take the game away from their opponents. So I look at them, Puff, and I, and I think that they should get to the Final Four. But then I look at the other teams and I feel like they got the toughest bracket. I really do. I think they got the toughest side of the bracket. You look at it, you, you I foresee a second round matchup with Creighton. And I was listening to some analyst the other day who thought this could be a bad matchup for Virginia. I'm not buying it. I'm still going with Virginia because I think, you know, in March, I I have a rule. I like to go with the momentum. I'm a believer in momentum. I think if you're hot in the the conference tournament, if you're hot down the stretch, I usually like your chances in in, in March Madness. Now, my theory was kind of proved wrong last year. A lot of the hotter teams lost early. But I look at Creighton, and they've lost six out of their last nine games. And so I don't think they're going to get past Virginia. I don't think they're hot enough to get past a very good Virginia team. So I like Virginia advancing pretty far. And then I look further down, and you see Davidson, Kentucky, which I think is a really fun matchup because Davidson's hot, but so is Kentucky. Kentucky, you know, usually those four and five seeds, yep. what you get is a, te- is a team that was hot early on who had a, had a really good record but kind of cooled down a bit and landed in that 4-5 and five spot. I'll get to some 4-5 and five upsets later on in my bracket. Kentucky's the exception. Kentucky just won the SEC tournament, beat a very good Tennessee team that they lost to in the regular season. So I like Kentucky at this point. I, I questioned them early on. I didn't think they had the talent that they had earlier in the year. I mean, I'm sorry, in years previous where they turned it on late, but they did turn it on late. And that was, to my surprise – and listen, watching them beat Tennessee in that SC tournament game has kind of changed my mind. I think they can go, I think they can go fairly far in this tournament, and, and especially after I saw them handle a hot Colin Sexton Alabama team, uh, which leads me to this: Arizona Kentucky is, ah. is the best second round matchup yeah. you will get in this tournament. Um, and I and I've gone back and forth on who's going to come out of this bracket: Arizona or Virginia. So I'll, I'll, I'll let you take it over from there. Arizona or, or, or Virginia, those are my top two teams in this side of the bracket. I think one of those teams is coming out of it. 
do you see it differently, or if you if you feel the same way that I do, which of those teams, two teams do you like more? Well, the one that kind of uh, – Virginia, for example, I think has a significant injury that I'm not sure about. One of their maybe starting guards, I don't know if he's going to be out or not. Uh, I, and his name escapes me at the moment, but I think Tony Bennett's got a significant injury uh, that may uh, impact that starting five, but I don't think it will impact him against uh, Maryland-Baltimore County. I do like uh, Creighton possibly to beat Kansas State. Uh, and I do, I'm with you 100% on that Kentucky-Davidson game. Going to be better for a lot of reasons. Number one, Kentucky has an all-freshman lineup. And they have obviously matured this year. But I really like uh, what Coach Bob McKillop can do at, at Davidson. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know what he's capable of. It's a dangerous uh, game for Kentucky. It, it is. And I think, you know, he may take the air out of the ball. I don't know. You know, they may, you know. Hold on to possessions and, and value them, and uh, you know I think he's he's going to find some way to confuse those freshmen at Kentucky with some kind of defense, uh, maybe a, a, who knows with his offense. And then of course Arizona uh, probably will have no trouble with Buffalo in that first round game. But uh, again, the big man in the middle probably the most dominating. And I'm I'm in complete agreement that Arizona Kentucky game, uh, assuming that they do beat Davidson. Give me that. That's that's going to be. Uh, that's going to be very interesting. A lot of talent on that floor. That's There's your future NBA possibly right there. Have, have you gotten to see DeAndre Ayton at all this year? I know a lot of people haven't. Just I've not. They play in the Pac-12. A lot of people you know, aren't able to stay up as late and, and get to watch him. Some people compare him to Dwight Howard. I don't really see that comparison. I see him as a young Shaq. Like, think of Shaq at LSU before he got really big with the Lakers. Think of him in that athletic stature. Think of a a young Shaq that can shoot three-pointers. He can't shoot free throws. A a 7-1 guy that can shoot three-pointers that is just all muscle. He averaged more than 20 points per game and averaged over 16 rebounds in the past six games. He tore up the Pac-12 championship or, or tournament i should say so i i really like him i like arizona and, and they're hot right now i think i'm going with arizona getting out of this bracket which is hard for me to say just because i, I know how efficient virginia is and i use i like another rule i like to go by in march madness is go with the teams that are, are defensive minded and that's virginia tony bennett is a mastermind on that court i think he's going to be the next big mm-hmm. nba hire I really see him going that route, you know, sooner or, or later. I think he'll end up in the NBA, be, be a big-time hire like Brad Stevens was for the Boston Celtics. I just think that much of Tony Bennett. Mm-hmm. But I keep looking at DeAndre Ayton, and I go, who's going to stop him? Well, the NCAA probably going to be the only ones. <laughs> well, that's the, later. That was that was money well spent, wasn't it? Uh, if they got it, a good deal on him, by the yeah, way. Yeah, I think they got him cheap, don't you? Um <laughs> The only thing with, uh, you know, Aiton, obviously the number one uh, draft pick coming out of that, and I'm totally in agreement with you on Tony Bennett. This uh, this guy knows how to, to uh, recruit. So, uh, And also he, he gets the best out of that talent. But Aiton, obviously, if you want to see the uh, the lot, you know, the number one pick, you, you need to tune into Arizona. And he is uh, about as dominant a big man that's come around in a long time that has been worth the hype. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, he, he's lived up to it, so. Absolutely, and I want to round up that bracket real quick before we take this break. Uh, Miami at number six, I don't love them. They went four and one down the stretch, but those final four games could have gone either way. I think they came down to eight total points. Um, I do like Tennessee. Tennessee's a team that nobody's really talking about. I, I picked them to win the SEC tournament just because I like the style of play that they bring to the table. And no matter what arena they're in, 
you know, they're going to they're gonna be in the game because they're so fundamentally sound. They do mm-hmm. all the small things well. That's why I like them. Um, and so I think they're going to go pretty far in this tournament. And Cincinnati is another team that I like that plays a lot of good defense. And uh, something about Texas has me intrigued because Texas, you know, think about all the things they went through on and off the court this year. Plus, they have Shaka Smart as their coach, who is no stranger to success in March. So keep an eye on that. I still, I still have Arizona coming out of that bracket, but this one, this portion of the bracket to me is the most unpredictable. Yeah, well, I mean, I love. Uh, don't don't sleep on uh, Porter Mosier, former Arkansas Little Rock head coach at, at Loyola, uh, and I, I agree with you. Miami's been up and down a little bit, yep. so I'm not. I'm like you. I'm not exactly sold on Miami even winning that first round game. I love. Uh, you know Tennessee to come out of that. Uh, I think uh, you got a Nevada Texas matchup. Uh, former LSU assistants Eric Musselman mm-hmm. and Johnny Jones leading Nevada against Shaka Smart there. And then uh, I guess we did we get to the number two Cincinnati against Georgia State. Ron Hunter's bunch. Yeah. Could, uh, you know they've made some noise in the past, but uh, I think Cincinnati and Mick Cronin's team's a little bit too strong this year. But uh, I'm I like Tennessee. In that one, I think it is a tremendous bracket. So who you uh, got coming out of that side? I'm going to go with uh, I'm going to go with Tennessee as well. So so you have Tennessee versus Arizona or or uh, Virginia? I'm going to go with Tennessee versus Arizona. And who's who's advancing? Putting you on the spot here. Hey, I'm going to I'm going to you are putting me on the spot, but I'm going to go with the Vols. Going with the Vols with to the, the Vols. Final Four, I don't hate it. Yes. I yeah. really don't. Well, based I'm based on their body of work, okay. you know, throughout the season, and uh, I'm going to go with. I think Rick Barnes is a highly uh, underrated coach, and I think Tennessee, because of that, you know, that bracket where they came out of at the bottom quadrant there, I like it. And uh, so there you go. I've got your first SEC team in. Look I think, by the way, too many SEC teams got in, <laughs> but I'm glad Tennessee's going to make it. But you it. got an SEC team yeah. going to the Final Four. Exactly. I've got Arizona. Uh, I feel like Virginia's going to haunt my dreams, though, and they're going to make it. But I just don't think anybody's going to stop Aiden. Yeah. All right, we're up against the break. We'll break down more of the bracket. You can tell I've been waiting all week to do this. I'm glad Puffy's joined me and has brought the knowledge, sir. I'm very impressed with your March Madness knowledge. Oh, well, every once in a while, a blind squirrel finds <laughs> And we'll see what we can do. Now, it's early. Let's see it what we can do in the next 45 yeah, minutes. you got to finish strong. That's we'll, it. We'll be back with more March Madness talk after this. Welcome back. Sports Talk 977. I'm uh, Puff Daddy, Jamie Foxx, along with Jake Martin, and uh, welcome in this morning. And, you know, unfortunately in life, as we all know, bad things happen to us. If you're struggling with some part of trauma and want some professional help, you should should consider EMDR Trauma Therapy from Amber White at Firm Foundations in Monroe. Amber White is one of the few therapists in our area trained in EMDR therapy, a type of therapy which uses eye movement. Okay, paying attention now? (laughs) And other stimulation to assist clients in processing distressing memories and beliefs. And right now, uh, Jake Martin could probably use some EMDR. Uh, Blue Cross Vantage and TRICARE insurance is accepted at Firm Foundations. And if you're interested in learning more about EMDR trauma therapy, call Firm Foundations today at 318-654-7010 or go online to myfirmfoundations, that's one word, dot com for more information. 
Uh, Jake, I think you and I could all use a little professional help, and I've actually uh, been exposed a little bit. Amber explained a little bit about this EMDR trauma therapy. So if you're in need of that, uh, again, Blue Cross Vantage TRICARE accepted. Uh, give the folks at Firm Foundations a call. So uh, probably uh, a lot of coaches are going to need some yes. therapy after this and fans as well. But uh, the NCAA tournament is upon us. It is upon us. And by the way, Puff, we got a text here from Richie. He says, Puffy may not consider himself legendary, but he is the glue of Sports Talk 977. He's always there when needed. Shows would fall apart without him. Puffy, ask for a raise. Richie is saying this? <laughs> yeah, Richie is, uh, of course, is my agent. That's uh, right. He is That's representing right. me in negotiations, and thanks for that, Richie. It, uh, I'm, uh, Jake was gracious enough to have me on, but uh, thanks for it the It was time about work. time you and I got It to was. Play. I've gotten to do a show with Terry before. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was it, – uh, Terry and I are complete. Terry comes on strong, and I don't feel like I come on as strong. So it was a fun uh, opposite to track type thing. Uh, but you and I have, have not had a chance to do a show, so I'm I'm glad we're able to do it today. And today we are breaking down the March Madness br- bracket, and let's move over to the West, where the weakest number one seed Xavier. Listen, I don't think they can hold on. In fact, I think because they lack defense i'm not saying they're gonna lose in the first round but i think they're going down in the second round puffy mm-hmm. i think they're going down it, it, no matter who wins because i look at the i look at the first round matchup between missouri and florida state and i think it'd go either way if missouri can figure things out with michael porter jr and listen he just came back he just came back for the sec tournament and they lost to georgia in their first game so that's that's not guaranteed. It's tough to get back in jail with with your teammates and get back on the same page. He is a tremendous talent. I just don't know if they have enough time to kind of gel together and make this run. Look out for Florida State, though, Puff. You look at who they've beaten. They've beaten Louisville. They've beaten Miami. They've beaten Virginia Tech. Heck, they nearly beat Virginia earlier this year. So my upset pick of the tourney is Florida State over Xavier in the second round. Am I, I like crazy? It. No, I like it. I like it a lot. And I think that uh... – you know, I don't think this is the deepest savior team that's been around in the past. Uh, I like what they've been able to do, but I don't think this is uh, that that second eight. Again, these eight and nine matchups throughout all four brackets are fascinating. They to are, me. and this one here, uh, Quanzo Martin, you know, former Cal and Tennessee head coach. Um, they they've been very up and down, and you brought in you know Michael Porter Jr. coming in. I love what Leonard Hamilton does, uh, and I'm glad you. Uh, those are some big victories. And, it's uh, some huge victories. And I like Florida State in that one as well. They so. haven't been consistent, but I, I guess you could kind of say that about most teams in college basketball this year. There was so much parity, but they haven't been consistent, so I'm not, you know, I'm not completely sold they even get out of the first round, but I think they have enough to win that game. And I just see whoever comes out of Missouri-Florida State beating Xavier. I just I see it happening. I do too. And you look further down, and if you're looking for upsets, you know, like I said, the four and five seeds are usually most prone to be upset. I look right at Ohio State, and I say they're not getting out of the first round. I think South Dakota State is a team. You know, they have a player named Mike Dom who averaged 24 points per game and 10 rebounds per game, and they are very efficient at shooting the three. They're actually 27th in the country in three-point shooting. So because Ohio State has fizzled down the stretch, they lost to Penn State twice. Uh, within the last couple of weeks, and they got handled by Michigan. 
I think their confidence is shook, and I think this three-point shooting team, South Dakota State, is going to beat them in the opener. So you see a 12 knocking off a of 5 I there as well. I see a 12 well. knocking okay. off a of 5. I like that, too. Uh, Chris Holtman's bunch is, uh, you know, took over for Thad Mata. They've been, I think, maybe exceeded expectations a little bit this year in the in the, uh, in the Big Ten. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, again, I like uh, the Dom kid. is probably the best uh, player you've never heard of at South Dakota mm-hmm. State. South Dakota State, they can they can light it up. So, again, so uh, Jake's going with the upset in that 5-12 and 12 matchup between Ohio State and South Dakota State. And then I look further down, and I – so I'm, I'm back and forth on who I'm, I'm taking out of, this, out of this portion of the bracket. Am I going with Gonzaga, who I, I like to, to win their – first couple of matchups or am I going to go with Michigan who is as hot as anyone in the country Mm -hmm. Uh, they've won 11 games in a row and Mo Wagner is just an awful matchup for teams they check off all of the all the check boxes for me you know just just being hot at the right time causing bad matchups but I I look at Houston Puff and, and I think there's something about Houston that scares me I just feel like they're a sleeper and they could upset Michigan you know, and, and when they face off, and I expect them to, to to get to that matchup. But there's something about that Houston matchup that that concerns me, and so for that reason, I think I'm going to go with North Carolina to come out. I'm going further down. I like Providence to upset A&M, and and I think North Carolina, you know, just the matchups matchups wise, I think you're going to see a Michigan North Carolina matchup, and I think North Carolina gets to the final four just because you know they've turned it on late i know they lost to virginia but virginia's just a bad matchup for everyone i just think joel berry kind of secures his legacy as a tar heel and gets his team back to the final four well i think uh the only difference here i, I do see billy kennedy winning that first one against uh providence okay. and ed cooley's bunch but i agree with you i think North Carolina emerges to uh, Michigan is is obviously the hottest team. Keep in mind they beat Michigan State and Purdue yeah. to win that Big Ten championship. So you got, you know, I, I do see Gonzaga winning their first ball game against uh, North Carolina Greensboro, uh, Houston to beat San Diego State and Kelvin Sampson. But then watch out. I like. I think if Michigan doesn't uh, come out of that side, uh, watch uh, watch Houston. I'm right there with you. I think Kelvin Sampson's bench uh-huh. may be special this year. There's something about Mars Madness, too, where it's like when something seems like a no-brainer, like Michigan seems like a no-brainer. So I'm like talking myself out of like, it's not this easy, right? You're like, something else is going to happen because it's not this easy. So I find myself taking North Carolina. Wouldn't be shocked if Michigan stays hot and gets to the Final Four. I want to move down quickly to the East because we are taking our time here. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say it. I like Villanova out of all these teams because – they have four guys who are, you know, I believe NBA bound, and they have a coach in Jay Wright who has taken them to the promised land before. You know, two years removed from beating North Carolina to win that that championship, and you know when they heat up, I, I don't think many teams in the country can match shot pace for pace with them. Like when they're on, they are tough to beat. Just ask Xavier. You know, they are just incredible. So I swayed back and forth on who my champion's going to be. I think I'm leaning towards Villanova, though. I, I like Villanova to get out of this bracket. Villanova is uh, – it's kind of feast or famine with them, isn't it? Yeah. I think they'll either go deep, make another deep run. Uh, but I do like Jay Wright an awful lot as a coach, and I hope they, they do make a deep run. I do th- don't think they'll have any trouble dispatching Radford in that first-round game. 
watch that number again, eight and nine, Virginia Tech and Alabama. Yeah. Uh, I could see that one being very interesting. Virginia Tech getting out of that one, or do you think Colin Sexton leads Alabama to, to, to that second-round matchup? This is where Terry and I part waters. I think, uh, believe it or not, I'm going with Alabama in that one because I think okay. Colin Sexton's the difference. Um, I do think uh, Virginia Tech is uh, – Buzz Williams is a great coach. I think he'll get uh, the most out of that. But I just something uh, – Alabama, for some reason, they've been kind of a mystery this year, up and down a little bit. They lost five straight going in there late. And lo and behold, look what they did in the SEC tournament. So, well, uh, see, there's usually, you know, one team that has one player carried them. You know, we've seen it. I feel like you're in and you're out, where one guy just puts the team on his back and they he just goes like Trey Burke with Michigan years mm-hmm. ago. Um, Colin Sexton could be that guy, but I actually like Virginia Tech in that first round. I guess I agree with Terry. Uh, don't let him hear that, but uh, yeah, I, I like Virginia Tech in that. First. I'll tell you what what concerns me. Bob Huggins in West Virginia. Mm-hmm. I think they are just a tough out in March because of the pressure they put on teams. It's a recipe for disaster. Uh, they force teams into turnovers before eliminating, eliminating them uh, year after year. So I think you could see a Sweet 16 matchup with Villanova. And for a guy like me who's thinking about taking Villanova as my overall champion, that concerns me. That concerns me because I, I don't love that matchup for Villanova. Um, I don't have enough. You know, I, I look at Wichita State, and they've been pretty inconsistent this year, and I, I just don't have enough faith in them to be a proven uh, successful recipe in March like West Virginia's. West Virginia defense defense travels and defense rules. I'm going to think West Virginia uh, may make a little bit of noise, and I think they'll come out of that, uh, you know, beating Murray State in that first another 5-12 and 12 round. I don't think the upset uh, happens there. Uh, Wichita State and Marshall, I think uh, – Greg Marshall, the head coach of Wichita State, wins that first-round game. But I'm like you. I think a, I think a West Virginia-Villanova uh, matchup looks pretty strong coming out of that quadrant. And uh, but again, the uh, probably the uh, wild card in that is Virginia Tech, Alabama. Yeah, I agree. The and winner so, of that one. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so so look further down the bracket. Let's get to uh, to the lower seeds on on the bottom portion in Purdue and Texas Tech. Of those two. Who do you like out of Texas Tech or Purdue? Do you do you expect them to eventually hook up, or do you think they're going to be upset along the way? Well, of course, Texas Tech is getting back a big big player from injury, but I, I uh, a lot of people are high on Texas Tech, and yep. they're obviously the three seed. Chris Beard's done a great job there, but I like I like what Matt Painter does at Purdue. I like again strong defense, uh, and and then you know they can they can beat you in the paint, they can uh, they can rebound. I like a big physical Purdue. Uh, the number two seed, but they've been a little bit uh, shaky there toward the end of the season. Boy, they, I think at one point they had won uh, 19 in a row. Yeah, and Texas Tech, though, was well on their way to competing with Kansas for that title. But you mentioned the Keenan Evans injury. Mm-hmm. He's back, though. He's healthy. And so I think w- without him, they kind of struggled a little bit down the stretch, and it affected their seeding because I think they are better than a number three seeding. They, they have been this year. I think that's a dangerous side. I like Texas Tech to eventually meet up with Villanova, and I like Villanova advancing to the Final Four. Well, uh, I, I think Villanova probably going in. I think they're deserving of that number one seed. I think Texas Tech could, you know, again, it depends on, you know, Keenan Evans is is on his game. I like uh, uh, possibly 
you know, I think a lot of people think the way you do that Texas Tech is kind of the fly in the ointment, so to speak. Yeah, but you know, almost too many people are talking about them right yeah. now. It's got me a little nervous because I I was high on them too, and then I see everybody's high on them. I'm like, oh, okay, this can't be good. That's true. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, you never know, right? Yeah. When they build them up, they, you know, watch well Radford beat Villanova in that first round, and we'll all we'll all we'll all have egg on our face. So who do you have? You have Tennessee, North Carolina, and and who from from this. Uh, from the east, who do you have coming out of the east? I've got to go with. Uh, I'm going to go with Villanova as well. Nova, yeah, I, I, I got to go with Nova. Yeah, I agree. So we both have North Carolina and Villanova coming out. Yeah, interesting. I interesting. think so. So they are definitely not going to, since we agree. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right, we'll take uh, another break right here. We'll come back with the Midwest. Puff, is a number 16 seed going to do it this year? Is Kansas actually in trouble going against Penn? We'll get your answer when we come back after this. Welcome back to the Morning Drive. We are wrapping up our March Madness Bracket breakdown. Got some upsets in here. I've got a few more upsets to call that, Puffy, I want to know. You know, this has been something I've heard a lot this week that Penn has played the best defense in Ivy League play, and it has many people pulling the trigger that for the first time ever, a number 16 seed is going to take down a number one seed. Will they top Kansas? No. Okay. But it'll be it'll be close. Uh, I think uh, I like, and, and this for this reason, I think Pennsylvania, Penn's got a chance. You know, Kansas basically what the four-guard lineup for the most part. Yes, they've played small this year, which yeah. is they've given up a lot more points than they usually do. In fact, I think this is the most points they've given up under Bill Self's tenure at, at Kansas. Do you remember the old, uh, was it Princeton-Georgetown games that were so close there toward the end, the Ivy League school? Yes. Like, I, I see that happening here. I think, uh, you know, Penn can can uh, give Kansas some, some different looks that they haven't seen and and uh, again, a situation where a lot of backdoor, you know, it let take the air out of the ball, just like you know Princeton did against Georgetown. So, I do see Kansas emerging. Obviously, you know, it seems like at the end in games like that, talent eventually takes over. But uh, that's an interesting. That probably is the most interesting one in sixteen matches. I, I agree, and I think I would be, I would be tempted to take this upset if Kansas didn't have Devontae Graham. Another rule of thumb I like to play by in March is who has veteran, talented guards. And that's what Devontae Graham is. He, he has been around. He is so talented. He's up for the Wooden Award. I think he's going to take over late and be the difference in this game. But I'm like you. I see this being uh, a pretty interesting 116 matchup. Indeed it is. And I think, uh, you know, there's there's some – this is an interesting bracket in the sense that there's – Schools, you don't necessarily. There's some things thrown into the equation, like some injuries uh, to uh, to Clemson uh, and Auburn, that I think is going to keep Auburn from uh, advancing very far. Although I do think they'll get that first round win. But anyway, don't want to get ahead of ourselves right now. But uh, who do you like at the, again? An eight and nine matchup. NC State, Seton Hall. I think yeah. this is the best eight nine matchup. Really, I really like this matchup a lot. NC State is a team that, again. Uh, can't be fully trusted because they're so up and down, but they are the North Carolina State champs. They defeated Duke, UNC. Oh, they also beat Arizona this year. Mm. You know, they they have and Clemson. So because of that, I think they have the talent. 
obviously, to, to, to advance in this tournament. Now, I see them beating Seton Hall. I don't see them beating Kansas. I, I'm still going to – I'm going to ride Kansas until the Sweet 16. I actually think I'm going to ride Kansas to the Elite Eight. Um, but I, I see NC State winning that matchup. Um, yeah, I do too. I, I like NC, obviously, with those uh, quality wins. You know, and they still got in as a, as a nine seed. Uh, this is a deep ACC this year. It is. It is a deep ACC. It is. And so, you know, and that's – I usually bet on the ACC in these tournaments. They let me down last year uh, for the most part. I had a bad bracket last year. I usually have a pretty decent bracket. Last year was really, really bad. Uh, and I think a part of that, too, was I, I discredited the Pac-12, which I'm not doing this year. That's why I have Arizona going to the Final Four. I noticed that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I'm making sure I don't repeat the same mistakes. But – uh you look further down, and I think you and I are both uh, calling this upset, New Mexico State over Clemson. Yeah, indeed we are. And I think uh, a lot of people like New Mexico State in this one. Um, it's probably one of the best matchups, 5-12, and 12, in the tournament. Uh, Clemson has Dante Graham. Grantham, he's Grantham. out. Grantham is out for that. So that's a huge loss to Clemson at a 5 seed. So, yeah, I'm going with uh, New Mexico State in that one. And then, of course, the uh, Auburn. Auburn's at 4. Yeah. And so I think Auburn wins their first round matchup, but I like New Mexico State to beat Auburn, who is who has not been the same team without Mclemore, Anthony Mclemore. He's been he's been out, he's injured, he's not going to play. I think New Mexico State has a Sweet 16 berth in this tournament. I don't like to put, pick against Bruce Pearl because just when you do, he'll uh, he'll pull it out. But if Mclemore was part of the equation, I oh, would, that's a different story. I would pick Auburn to go, you know, all the way to Sweet Sixteen. But I, I don't think they're going to get past that New Mexico State, and I don't know why we're everybody's on that bandwagon and watch Clemson drub them in that first game. But uh, <laughs> yeah, that's an interesting. That's an interesting. If if Auburn was fully healthy, uh, but that loss to uh, to Alabama was was stunning to me. Um, not because I didn't think Bama had the potential to do it, but I just. I just thought for the first time Auburn, um, you know, maybe was exposed a little bit. But I like, I like Bruce Pearl. I like their chances against uh, College of Charleston. New Mexico State's a different story. So you like Kansas coming out of that part of the bracket. I like Kansas coming out of that part of the bracket, and then the, you look at, at the below it with TCU, uh, Michigan State, Rhode Island, Oklahoma. This is where it gets really interesting. Because for me, I like Michigan. I'm, I'm torn right here as to who's going to come out of this whole portion of the bracket. Because Michigan State, I, I find myself picking Michigan State because for them to have the type of season they have with everything going on at that school. Correct. How tough are those kids? How mentally tough are they to be able to keep it together and – go out there and win ball games. And not only that, not only are they mentally tough, but they have two future NBA stars, I think, and Miles Bridges and Jaron Jackson. And so they've got the talent. They've got the the coach and Tom Izzo. They've got the, um, the, the mentally tough, you know, the toughness uh, that, that I look for in teams. And so for that reason, I feel like they're Final Four bound. But then I look down at Duke, and Duke's number two seed, and – you know, when Duke is playing their best ball, I feel like they're the best team in the country. When they are playing their best ball, and I'm talking about, you know, Duval's going. Bagley. Bagley's yeah. going. Carter's going. I mean, they're all going, and they're all on the same page. I don't think anybody can beat them. 
but they've been so inconsistent, and you rarely get that for 40 minutes from Duke, and I, I can't really pinpoint the reason why. And so for that reason, I think Michigan State is the safer bet. Would not be shocked if Duke turns it on and, and makes it to the Final Four, though. I'm going to go with Michigan State for this reason. Only one more year's worth of experience. Four <laughs> out of the starting yeah. five yeah. for Duke, a freshman. It's all about the sophomores. At uh, You mentioned Bridges at, at Michigan State. So, uh, so good player. Yeah, yeah. four out of the five uh, for, for State are sophomores. So I like Michigan State as the three seed. Uh, I Watch Rhode Island. I think they could cause a little bit of problems. I got uh, them beat Hurley. Oklahoma. I do. You do have in that 7-10 matchup. But I, I think uh, Duke is certainly the most talented. But I like Michigan State to come out of that side of the bracket simply because it's all about the sophomores. And they've got that extra year of experience uh, in, in uh, tournament play. But, uh, wow, Duke and Michigan State. That's going to be fun. We saw that earlier this year, and it was a barn burner. Um, so who do you have? You have Michigan State going to the Final Four? I do. And do you have them facing Kansas or somebody else uh, from, I'm assuming I'm going to go. Or? I'm going to go with Kansas and Michigan State okay. in that uh, in that final uh, to get to the Final Four. But I, I think Michigan State is, uh, you know, there could be, if there is a, again, I see New Mexico State causing a little problems. I see possibly a Rhode Island causing some problems in the bottom part of the bracket. But I think uh, Duke is, is obviously the most talented. And you're, like you said, if those – you know, if they're all in sync, and after this this number of games, uh, you know, Shusheski's probably pulling his hair out sometimes. But he's got, uh, and next year I think he's got the top three three recruits in the country coming yes. in there. Unbelievable. Yeah, that's what they do at Duke. That's uh, what they do. Uh, you know, but uh, but this is the race to vacate. Is, this right. is what I'm calling uh, race to vacate. I like that. Sports madness. Uh, yeah. So, do you have who do you have winning at all? You, we've got your final four picks. Who do you have winning at all? Okay, we've got who? Let me let me. Uh, you had Villanova, you had Michigan State, you had North Carolina, and you had Tennessee. You know what? I'm going to go with Michigan State. I don't hate it. I, in fact, I think I saw Jay Billis uh, said that Michigan State's the team you should bet on. Um, I think I remember seeing him say that. Okay, well, if Bill has said it, I want to change that immediately. <laughs> no, but uh, I do like uh, I do like Michigan I, he's State. The, look, listen, love him or hate him, he's the Kirk Herbstreit of college basketball. I do like Jay Bill. Um, I actually do. He knows what he's talking about. I, I, I you know, I, I like listening to him. But I'm going to go at Villanova. I, I think Villanova just has all the ingredients that I'm looking for to to pull it out. And quite honestly, I think they have an easier road. Than most, I think they have an easier road than Virginia. I think they have an easier road than Michigan State. So I think Villanova is the safest bet I can make. Anyway, there's our March Madness breakdown. I can't wait for the games to actually take place tomorrow. Actually, going down tonight with uh, some playing games, but uh, no. it all gets kicked off tomorrow where the madness begins. But uh, anyway, I'm we'll looking forward to it. I'm so looking forward to it. It's one of my favorite things, just because it never disappoints. Like I said, it never ever disappoints. But we got. One final break here. We'll take one final break and then give you our parting shots. Welcome back to the Morning Drive. Here are our parting shots. Good morning, good afternoon, and good night, Minnesota! Well, I'm going to tell you what, Channel 8, they've been packed it in, too. They didn't get any of this on camera. We got it. Oh, my God! Davis is going to run it all the way back. Oh, no! Oh, oh no. my God! Oh, my gosh, no! I have lost my voice in excitement! 
I'm sick. I want to throw up. First of all, shout out to Warren Graria for the chicken biscuits. Always yep. just so greatly appreciated. Well, Warren has a way of bringing our blood sugar level back up, doesn't he? <laughs> she did. Thanks, Warren. Secondly, uh, shout out to Puff for stepping up and coming in today. Had a lot of fun talking March Madness with you. For a part and shot, I figured we could talk about another basketball game, an NIT game between ULL and LSU. Now, the reason why this has been so hyped up is because Bob Marlin's comments mm-hmm. earlier this week, and, and we kind of made reference to it earlier in the show, and we played it for you several times, the fact that he said basically that uh, LSU, should, you know, normally teams that finish tied ninth in the SEC yep. wouldn't be up to play uh, against, the, you know, a Sunbelt opponent, but LSU will be because they haven't been very good the past couple of years. They haven't been as good as us. We have a better RPI. We should have been hosting this game, actually, because we have a better record, which they do, and we have a bigger venue or bigger arena, whatever he said. So, are you going to be tuning into this matchup, Puff, and how excited are you to see two teams where, you know, a lot of people get tired of LSU being talked about and other people, I think mostly everyone in the state, is tired of ULL claiming to be Louisiana. Are you, are you ready to see who comes out of this? And actually, if ULL wins, you'll probably hear more Louisiana talk of them, you know, claiming to be the Louisiana school. Yeah, I'm a little, uh, you know, if I, I wish there was a way I could pull for Lafayette. I really do. Um, but every time <laughs> I want though? to. Well, every time I do, they, they come up with stuff like this. And, and uh, you know, it would been fine if Barb Marlin said, you know, well, we've had a, uh, we had a better record this year. Or, you know, I think our RPI was a little better. I think we should have hosted this year. Uh, but, but he's, again, I, and this is not unusual in Lafayette, you know. Uh, uh, unfortunately, I have family down there. But uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's a situation where I think they're, they may have, you know, they got the big four transfers, the kid uh, yeah. and uh, BYU, Stroman from South Carolina, and, uh, of course, the kid from USC, Marchetti. Mm-hmm. So it, it's, a, it's an interesting way how this team was put together. And, then when you got two kids uh, who play significant minutes from Baton Rouge, Bartley and, and uh, Jonathan Stove, who's fighting injuries. So, you know, I kind of like ULL in this game. But, uh, you know, it's it's being played in Baton Rouge uh you know, it's. I think if if anybody needs to be humbled, it's ULL. <laughs> I thought losing to UTA in would the, have would have done it, but I don't think it has. I don't think so. Uh, you you know, thought it, they'd get a little more hat in hand, but they're not. They're con- completely still as obnoxious as ever. So I'm going to go with uh, LSU in this one, but I think ULL can. There, there's no question. I'll be tuning in for that, and I I like the matchup. Uh, two great coaches in Marlin and Wade. At least, uh, you know. Wade is the, you know, the cachet is not quite there yet, but obviously what he's doing on the recruiting trail has got a lot of attention. Yeah. But we'll see. Again, this will set, believe me, believe me, those kids from Baton Rouge, Stove and Bartley, they want this one. You can sure. bet. Sure. You know, if I love what Marlon said, first of all. I, you know, I always love it when we get a good sound clip from, from a coach who tells you what he honestly thinks, and that's what he did. He told you what he honestly feels and thinks. So I, I really did appreciate that. But I think it's going to come back to bite him a bit because I do think if if he wouldn't have said anything, I feel like LSU players would have been motivated just because it is ULL. But then again, it is the NIT. 
And so you have to always wonder, like, how motivated is a team to play in the NIT? And so I think ULL could have had a better chance of catching them slipping. After he said that, they're going to be fired up, man. LSU's going to be fired up. I'm not saying that's going to cause them to win, but I think you're going to get a much better performance from LSU than you would have if you wouldn't have said anything. Just because I think you get that locker room, yeah, you know, you get that, that locker room going with with those quotes, man. If you if you can't go out there and fight after that, then, you know, I question, you know, your toughness. And I think LSU at times showed that they were tough this year. So, plus they have Tremont Waters, who's going to be the best player on the court. I think – I. I'm going back and forth. I think LSU is actually favored by four points. I think that's that's fairly accurate. I'll, I'll take LSU in a very very tight game. I'm going to go with, believe it or not, I'm going to go with ULL. Okay. I uh, I I don't think that uh, that this is the the deepest LSU team in no, past history. No, they're not. And, um, if, and then you're right. Waters will be the best player on the floor, but I think uh, I think ULL can safely go eight deep. And uh, and I like you know I like Bob Marlin. Uh, I think Will Wade's going to be a great coach, uh, well on his way. But I think, and I, you know, I hate to, you know, it's, it's it's tough to cheer for him. But by God, I think this is the, and I think they've got a chip on the shoulder having to go to Baton Rouge. Yeah, uh, and here's the thing too. You know, I think that's a, a a a well well made point by Marlin that you know from an RPI standpoint and everything, you know, ULL probably deserved the home game. But you know what? If you're that good, then you got to go go, prove it. go go prove it on on LSU's floor. Go prove it. You know, I don't hate your pick just because LSU's all year, they've been one of those teams where they have to go out there and they have to shoot it well. If they don't shoot it well, there's not many other ways they can beat you. And so if they have a cold night, yeah, man, ULL's going to take it to them. But we'll see. I- I'm looking forward to it. Uh, we got a couple more minutes left. Before we go, Aaron and I discussed the, the Drew Brees resigning mm-hmm. with the Saints. Very excited about that. Um do you? I asked this question to Aaron because he was kind of hinting around it, and then actually kind of admitted to it. Do you feel like the Saints took advantage at at all of Drew Brees' loyalty for New Orleans? You know, the the, the waiting until the eleventh hour, yeah, to close this deal makes you believe that. Uh-huh. I I agree with that. Um, he's still going to get. I think the guaranteed money speaks for you know, obviously the first year, but that. I was surprised it was, number one, I thought it might be a three-year deal instead of a two. Number two, even though I know he's, you know, he's he's almost 40 years old, but also the fact that that second year is just an option. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that threw me a little bit, too. Um, but it's strange to me that, that they would even allow Minnesota to, to contact him. Um, yeah, I think it's a little bit. But, again, to, to Aaron's point um, – Maybe Breeze had the better part of it going into. I mean, as far as he's made a lot of money, I think he was he's he around twenty seven million for those years leading up to this contract year. Yeah. So he should have had all the leverage. Yeah. He just didn't play his cards. He didn't want to. He didn't want to put the Saints in a bad position. And so he he settled for less money. Listen, we talked about it. There's reports that he could have got sixty million dollars guaranteed. I don't think. Yeah, I've heard that. I don't know, but. And I was trying to think, was it eighty four, eighty six million that cousins? Eighty four for cousins for three I, years. Yeah. That's that's insane. It's absolutely that's insane. In, that's insane. So, you know, when you hear when you see that, I have no doubt that somebody offered Drew Brees, a future Hall of Famer, one of the best quarterbacks we've ever seen, sixty million dollars guaranteed. That doesn't su- surprise me after seeing what Cousins got. Well, 
Drew made his has already made his money, and he's got yeah. franchises here. I think there's uh, to his point. I think there's a, uh, you know, with, between walk-ons and Jimmy Johns and some of his his outside billing, uh, business interests are here in the state, and I think that's where. And he's got you know, it, it's not. I can't imagine. I don't know four or five kids. I can't imagine how hard it would be to move four or five kids to Minnesota. You want your wife to leave you, move her to St. Paul. <laughs> you know, but but uh, anyway. Um, I'm glad he's staying, but I, I'm with you. I think maybe the, uh, the 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 way this went to the eleventh hour kind of left a bad it, taste even in my mouth. They played with fire. Yeah, I, they did. I, I'm just glad that Drew Brees was loyal, stayed with the Saints, and uh, and they made it work. So we get two more years with Drew Brees, and I'm looking forward to that. Uh, you well, know. you're talking Terry Walter money here when you're talking twenty five, twenty seven <laughs> million dollars. Uh, uh, and his, his, I guarantee you, he's going to go with the guaranteed money. That's right. But. Uh, well, anyway, we're glad he's staying with the Saints. No, no question about that. And I think that that leads the way to where they go in the draft. Yeah. I think it makes an interesting pick at number twenty-seven if they stay there. And, and speaking of Terry Waldrop, he has made his way into the studio. He will take my chair. Uh, I'll let you guys get things going with the edge. I'm out. Uh, catch us bright and early tomorrow morning. We got the top ten Thursday. We're going to be breaking down top announcers, both play-by-play. And color commentary, so look forward to that, Puffy. Appreciate you coming on and uh, and sticking it out with me. And uh, I'll hand it over to you guys with the edge. Thanks for listening to the best of the morning drive with Dietrich and White. To listen live every day, tune in at ESPN977.com or subscribe in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find podcasts.